Welcome again to Reading Together, where we are reading The Mortification of Sin by John Owen, and today we are discussing chapter 4. So, in this chapter, Owen is discussing the third and final basic principle for mortifying sin, which um, he began in chapters 2 and 3. And the principle that he's discussing today is that life vigor and comfort of our spiritual life depend much on our mortification of sin. Or, as the uh, summary at the top of the chapter calls it, of the usefulness of mortification. Sin, that mortifying sin is useful to us. It gives us life, vigor, comfort, courage, peace. He's going to give lots of things um, in these in in this chapter um, and all these benefits that Owen is describing here he notes that the troubles of a believer almost always come down to desiring two things uh, so first the uh, we, we desire further strength power vigor and life in our obedience in our walking with God or we want peace comfort and consult and consolation therein <clears throat> right so we one either of those two things. We want further power, further strength, or we want peace and comfort, right? Um, as we are walking with God. And Owen says that all of them, strength, vigor, comfort, life, power, peace, comfort, uh, um, um, consolation, they're all dependent upon our mortifying sin. And so he divides this chapter into three big points. And the first two points really serve as qualifications uh, for what Owen means when he says that the benefits of our spiritual life depend upon mortification. And the third point explains the principle at hand, right? So first of all, let's break these three down. So first he clarifies that life, vigor, comfort, etc., all these benefits of our spiritual life that we have in God, do not proceed from mortification, right? And again, all of these things, these are uh, what really, uh, this this this, this kind of technical diving into the subject, right, is is what makes Owen Owen. It's what makes him prized um, as as a as a theologian that he's diving into the subject and he wants to and he wants to he wants to show um, what exactly uh, what exactly mortification is and he's and 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 with these with these two points that we're going to see um, that before he even gets to the main principle of this chapter, it's, 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 um, I think that it's incredibly helpful um, and uh, to, to, to hear him explaining and, and, and giving these details of, of, of what it isn't and how, um, and how we need to properly understand what he means when he says that our spiritual, the benefits of our spiritual life depend upon mortification. Right. And so he, and so he first notes that they do not proceed from mortification. And so as an example of this, he cites Psalm 88, which I encourage you to go and read. So it's a psalm of a man named Heman who, who sets an example that godliness does not guarantee the outward blessings of God. So the reader should be encouraged to read Psalm 88 because in doing so, we'll discover that it is a unique lamentation in the Psalter. So typically, within a lament, which is by far the most common genre in the Psalms, about one-third of the Psalms are lamentations. There's typically an expression of confidence or thankful hope to God at the end of the complaint, of the lament that the psalmists make. However, Psalm 88 is the only one 
in which there's not one of those references. There's not an expression of confidence to him. And in fact, the only kind of ones that we see here is that um, in verse 1 of Psalm 88, Heman references, uh, refers to the Lord as the God of my salvation. And of course, we see that in the psalm, he's praying to God. He's, he obviously still trusts God because he's still crying out to him, right? But Owen uses this example as a much-needed reminder that mortifying sin does not force God's hand into making life easy and comfortable for us, right? Or, in Owen's word, the use of means for obtaining for the for the obtaining of peace is ours. That's our responsibility. But the bestowing of it is God's prerogative. In other words, God has the authority to give those blessings as he would see fit, right? Now, those who would follow within the word of faith movement who think that um, that faith is a kind of force that God submits himself to, um, that we can that we can force God's hand into into giving us the blessings uh, that that we want um, should take a cue from Owen here who's really just taking his cue from the Bible right um, we're not guaranteed just because we kill our sin doesn't mean that God that God will give us um, the, the 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 physical blessings in this life that he'll give us uh, that he'll give us um, um, comfort and peace right um, he might afflict us like he afflicted Job um, and he's still good. Second, no, Owen also notes that mortification is not one of the immediate causes of the life, vigor, courage, and consolation that God gives to us. Instead, he notes that it is the privilege of our adoption made known to our souls that gives us immediately these things. So in other words, Owen here is warning us of the error of mistaking the effects and benefits of justification and sanctification, right? Because it's our adoption and our justification by God that are immediate. And by it, by our adoption, by our justification, we are made alive with Christ after having been dead in sin, right? Ephesians chapter 2. But belonging to sanctification, mortifying our sin, is not the immediate cause of of our resurrection back to life, right? And so, so ultimately, life, vigor, courage, what all these things that Owen says, um, the immediate cause of them is that God has brought us to life, uh, that he has raised us to life with Christ, right? Um, and it is not, and mortification is not the immediate cause of those. But, so with those two caveats made, right, that mortification is not the immediate cause of these spiritual blessings, and uh, that just because we mortify our sin, God does not, uh, God is not bound to give us these blessings. Oh, and then moves on uh, to his his third point, which is really just reiterating the principle. He says the vigor and comfort of our spiritual lives depends much on our mortification. And under this heading, he then makes three subpoints. So the first is um, negative, is from the negative side of things. The second is more from the positive side of things. And then the third is brief. So negatively, he says, every mortified sin will certainly do two things. First, it will weaken the soul and deprive it of its vigor. And secondly, it will darken the soul and deprive it of its comfort and peace. So as for weakening the soul, Owen writes, 
that an unmortified lust will drink up the spirit and all the vigor of the soul and weaken it for all its duties. And then he, and then going on in the discussion, he uses two fascinating words to describe this, this, this weakening process that, that, that unkilled sin does in our hearts. He says that, it, that unkilled sin untunes and unframes the heart itself. So undead sin untunes us from God's melody for life. It places us at a disharmony with God. We clash against God's creation and redemption song, and we both become and promote chaos. And it also unframes us from God's sure foundation, and it leaves us adrift like a ship without an anchor, right? Or stumbling, or, or, or collapsing like a like a house built on sand rather than solid rock. And as for the darkening of the soul, Owen writes this, It, undead sin, unkilled sin, unmortified sin, is a cloud, a thick cloud, that spreads itself over the face of the soul and intercepts all the beams of God's love and favor. It takes away all sense of the privilege of our adoption, and if the soul begins to gather up thoughts of consolation, sin quickly scatters them. So this brings to mind uh, the scroll of assurance that Christian carries in Bunyan's The Pilgrim's Progress. So at one point uh, in the in the story, Christian goes to sleep at a place where he was only meant to take a rest uh, from his journey, right? Um, so this is clearly Bunyan alluding to uh, the fact that the New Testament repeatedly calls us to, uh, to to watchfulness and wakefulness, right? Stay awake. And so Christian disobediently falls asleep. And this, calls, this causes him to lose his scroll. And he's forced to go back to retrace his steps in order to find his assurance again. And Owen is pointing out the same thing. Mortified sins always steal away our assurance. They rob us of the comfort and peace that we know in Christ. Whenever we begin to grab those thoughts of consolation, those thoughts of assurance back up, unmortified sin just scatters them to the wind, right? And then Owen moves on to the second positive point, and it is that mortification prunes all the graces of God and makes room for them to grow in our hearts. And so as uh, that as that phrase, as that as that that point suggests, he uses um, much in this point a garden to illustrate this point. So just as weeds that are unchecked will strangle out the precious herbs that we're trying to grow in the garden, so too does unkilled lust wither God's graces. And yet, there's a positive end. But if sin is daily uprooted. If sin is daily pruned, if we are daily making sure uh, that the garden of our lives is 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 uh, is free from all the the from all these these sins in our lives, Owen says, "How will every grace act its part and be ready for every use and purpose?" Right? And there's a, I think it was J.C. Ryle that speaks of one of these graces um, when he talks about prayer, and he notes uh, that one of the main reasons for prayerlessness is unkilled sin um, as he notes that that there's a simple there's a simple principle of that uh, that, that prayer you know which is communion with God and unchecked sin unkilled sin they can't 
inhabit the same heart together, right? And so if we are if we give sin room in our lives, then prayer will be snuffed out, right? And or if we give time and, t- and attention to prayer, we grow in the grace of prayer, then 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 we'll have more strength to strangle out the sin in our lives, right? And so it's very much like a garden, right? If we let the if we help the the, the, the herbs and the plants that we are wanting to grow, if we help them to grow healthy and we make sure that we pluck out all the, the weeds to keep them, uh, to give them room to grow, to give them, uh, to give them access to the sunlight and the soil to grow, um, then they will grow healthy and strong just like the graces that God gives to us. And then briefly, Owen concludes the chapter with the third point by noting how our peace is bound to mortification. And so just like Christian in his scroll of assurance that we mentioned, Owen writes that evidence of sincerity is no small foundation of our peace. Mortification is the soul's vigorous opposition to self, wherein sincerity is most evident. In other words, if you want to be convinced of the sincerity of your faith and to have the peace of assurance that comes with that comes with it. Put to death your sin daily by the power of the Spirit. Grace and peace.